It's hard to say the Giants rotation took a hit when they lost Alex Wood to free agency and they traded away Anthony DiSclefani and Ross Stripling. None of those guys have really performed well for the team, at least since 2021. Um, However, the state of the Giants rotation without those guys looks really uh, unproven is probably the best way to put it. So how much confidence do I have in that group? We'll get into that question and many more next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since way back in 20. 15 and I'm a lifelong fan. Also coming up on a five-year anniversary here at Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already. And please, please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. And coming up on today's show, we are going uh, to dip into the mailbag. that We we literally had 86 uh, questions that we got to, or not that we got to, but that we we received in our last uh, mailbag request on Twitter. So thank you so much to those who uh, submitted questions. So many good ones. And we're going to just jump right in. Generic, great name there, (laughs) says, uh, are you confident in our starting pitching rotation as it exists today, i.e. Logan Webb, Kyle Harrison, Jordan Hicks, Keaton Wynn, and Tristan Beck? Uh. It is it is a weird rotation in the sense that like I like all of those guys, but what it is is unproven beyond Logan Webb. Like not a single guy has that um, kind of track record of whatever you know, like a Logan Webb or even a Ross Stripling or an Alex Wood or an Anthony DiSclefani, who all have like long careers of at least significant starting experience some guys bouncing between the pen like stripling and the rotation however i mean logan webb is is a great top 10 pitcher in baseball and then outside of that kyle harrison he's barely pitched in the major leagues at all jordan hicks is a converted reliever like he's made just what like eight starts in his major league career dude can throw 105 miles an hour and i i like the pitcher a lot and if it doesn't work out He's still on this contract, a nice signing for me, uh, in my opinion, as a reliever, as a late inning, high leverage reliever. Uh, And then you move on. We, you know, Keaton Wynn, it wasn't a huge sample, but we saw the upside there, kind of upper 90s fastball with a really good splitter, struggled a little bit with command. And then Tristan Beck, I thought, just threw, threw the ball really well last year. And so I like all of those guys. And there's, 
young, there's more young pit, unproven pitching depth behind them. And in fact, if you look at the Giants list of non-roster invitees, which at some point we will go over, but not today, it includes a lot of those guys like uh, Mason Black, Hayden Birdsong, um, Landon Roop. I'm always not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Carson Wisenhunt. You know, these are there's a lot of young, talented pitching coming up through the organization. Kaiwei Tang on the 40-man roster, so not a non-roster invitee. I'm probably forgetting somebody too. Um, but to answer your question directly, I'm not confident in it like leading to the Giants having a great record uh, and, until Alex Cobb and Robbie Ray are ready to return. Um, if they just like loaded up on their lineup, I would still feel nervous about the rotation, but because they haven't loaded up on their lineup like this to me that's why like i'm i keep circling back on blake snell like if you just added blake snell to this it would you know it would still be quite unproven beyond webb and snell but webb and snell literally finished first and second in the national league cy young award voting this season and so if you got number one and number two cy young from the previous season and you've got Robbie Ray, who won the 2021 AL Cy Young, waiting in the wings, and Alex Cobb. Like you're looking at down the line, just like a good veteran rotation uh, with some room for young pitchers. And so, this is like the type of ro- like all these guys could click and and go off and and be good, but also they're gonna you know not throw 200 innings, and so I think they need. Uh, pitching, but I, they've been clear they don't want just like mediocre pitching. They're they're just like top of the rotation, or it's not worth it. Um, but there's there's top of the rotation still out there in the form of Blake Snell and perhaps Jordan Montgomery as well. Significantly, Montgomery would not. Uh, he didn't get a qualifying offer as he was traded midseason and therefore ineligible. So he's the only one of these top four, you know, remaining free agents: Chapman, Snell. Bellinger and Montgomery, who doesn't come with strings attached in regards to uh, draft pick compensation. So anyway, I'm intrigued by every one of those guys. And I think Kyle Harrison could be an ace. But and but it's just I it's a huge uh, the the error bars are enormous. Like the, the, the range of possible outcomes is enormous is how it feels to me. Next question from Ted, who says, given how the giants were reportedly aggressively involved in the Corbin Burns trade market, doesn't that alone suggest still searching for a top of the rotation arm to complement Logan Webb to start the 2024 season? Yeah. I mean, if that's true and all I heard was Ken Rosenthal, um, just saying the Giants were like another, the other team involved there at the end in Corbin Burns. And then he went on to say, I haven't confirmed that. So uh, I don't know what exactly that means to say that the Giants were the other team involved at the end, but that he hasn't confirmed it. So, um, you know, that I take that for what it's worth. So if you have more information to say they were aggressively involved. Like that's not exactly how I heard Rosenthal, but if he's right that they were involved at the end, then they probably were aggressively involved. And to get to that point where you're 
you know, down that far in the down the road on a trade for a pitcher of Burns's caliber, then yeah, you you definitely are still shopping for a top of the rotation arm. And that, as I said, like they said, Farhan Zaidi end of season press conference, he just basically said, "We're not going to be looking for pitching depth. We're going to be looking at top of the rotation arms." And they they you know Otani, I know he wouldn't be a pitcher this year. They went after him. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, he might have been their number one target of the offseason, and he's a pitcher, and they went after him. And so I see no reason, except for like age and what whatever Snell is clearly asking that's beyond what uh, teams want to give him, that they would be trying to sign a Blake Snell. There, you, there is draft pick compensation ramifications. There is not with Jordan Montgomery, but, you know, top tier pitching and and I don't really view Montgomery I just maybe I'm sleeping on him a little bit but the strikeout ability of Snell just kind of stands out to me um and that I value kind of more than the stability kind of boringness of of a Montgomery that's just me I like the upside I'm I'm an upside guy um anyway coming up momentarily we're going to get into more questions and answers like is it possible for the Giants to sign both Jorge Soler and Matt Chapman so we'll get to that question and many others momentarily and before we do today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time now I have had a lot of frustrating experiences buying tickets uh, using other services and like I I didn't get an image of the seat view that's one of the things that things that drives me crazy how am I supposed to know because I've traveled I just was actually counting the other day to like 16 um, current MLB stadiums a little more than half which is I'm almost like ashamed but that's a lot and you know I'm very lucky to have done so but buying tickets to some of those games is a stressful event in in anticipation of what shouldn't be a stressful event because I don't know what it looks like in these stadiums I've never been to. But with game time, you get images of seat views. And then the other thing I worry about is getting the best price. And game time solves that as well with the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. So just take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account use code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right as promised more questions and answers we are going to uh get to a lot of them, including can the Giants sign both Jorge Soler and Matt Chapman? I'm not entirely even sure what that question means. Like financially, can they, or is it just like in, is it possible? So we'll, we'll kind of explore what I think that question means and, and give an answer there. By the way, Locked On, in case you have not heard, has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked on Sports Today, uh, find the Locked on Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. Mm, that is fire in and of itself. 
Anyway, getting back to the questions, the next one comes from Sean136, who says, possible to get Solaire and Chapman, or is it one of them and another starter? So, And then Nelson says, is it realistic to think the Giants will land both Solaire and Chapman, or is it a situation of just one? Also, I know people are saying a possible trade for Adamas, but how about a trade for Jorge Mateo, speed and plays multiple positions? So we may or may not get to that part about Mateo just because we have so many other questions. Um, but regarding Chapman, it's more clear now that I like read the questions again carefully. Um, is it one of them and another starter? So I do think you start to take into account the luxury tax and where the Giants are at in relation to the first threshold, because I don't see them uh, going over it because mostly because there are, well, if you plan on giving anyone the qualifying offer, but they don't, there's not really an obvious candidate for them to give the qualifying offer to after this season. That's the consequence. That's one of the consequences for exceeding the luxury tax uh, threshold the first one even there's four thresholds and we're talking about the very first one 237 million is that number and you know luxury tax payroll is calculated differently than like quote unquote normal payroll it includes something like 17 million dollars in player benefits which we don't normally account for when you're just adding up everybody's salary right so the giants luxury tax payroll is about 200 million as we stand right now um, they're like normal payroll that doesn't include stuff like those benefits is like 155 million. So if you see a huge discrepancy, um, that's probably what you're seeing is some people are citing luxury tax payroll. Some people citing the other one. Anyway, if you have $37 million to play with and that's average annual value, that's how they calculate it for luxury tax. Um, yeah, you can absolutely sign Jorge Soler and Matt Chapman, but in regards to Sean's question, like, or is it one of them and a starter? I think that might make more sense given what I said about, you know, the the inexperience of that starting rotation. So, you know, if you were to sign Blake Snell, reportedly wanting, you know, like thirty million a year, I I could see him getting it if it was shorter term, like four years at thirty million a year. That would only come out to one twenty. Uh, so that's probably not enough, you know, five years though at 30 million, I just, am not sure he quite gets there, but, um, if it's 30 and you only have 37 to play with, then, then it's hard to even sign Snell plus any one of those other two guys. And that's why, like I start talking about Willie Adamas and the fact that, I mean, also, as you suggest, Nelson, uh, Jorge Mateo. These guys are not going to command. I mean, we already know what Adamas's salary is for next year. It's twelve point two five million. So Matt Chapman's probably going to get like twenty to twenty five million dollars on an average annual value basis. And so, if you're kind of capping yourself at um, thirty seven million more to spend on an annual basis, uh, not total money but you know you you could sign probably Chapman and Solaire but i don't think you you're that you're certainly not signing Snell or any other good starter without exceeding the luxury tax which 
There's just not a ton of reason to believe that they will. I hope that they do. There's, it's not a cap. There's no like you have to stay below this. You just get penalized. You have to pay a little extra money on the money you spend over the limit or cap or excuse me, not limit, not cap over the threshold. Um, but Chapman and Solaire combined probably will come out to under uh, or around 37 million per year. Chapman, let's say 22 and a half. And then we do 37. So that would put Solaire at 14.5. And I think that's that's just about right on maybe a three-year deal or something for Solaire. Uh, be three years, 43 and a half million. So I don't know. I don't even know exactly how old Jorge Soler is, but you could probably make that happen. So yeah, it's possible to sign them both, but probably makes more sense to also add a starter. And yeah, that, there's the answer. Daniel asks, is Luis Matos going to be a starter on opening day? So this is always like part of that like left field, like the Giants have forever and ever uh, had a different left fielder on opening day since Barry Bonds retired. Well, part of that is like who's the starting pitcher on the opposite side? Because if it's a lefty or a righty, you know, if they don't have a everyday player out there, then you might have like the same two guys playing that position uh, two years in a row, but it might be a different guy starting because... Although isn't the the part of the streak is that it's they've never had the same guy. It's been a different guy every time. So I don't even remember who it was last year. That's not even your question. So I'm going to stop rambling about that. But they are playing the Padres and the Padres uh, are very their entire rotation is right handed. And so if in fact like left field is like a platoon of maybe Michael Conforto and Luis Matos, then he then Matos probably would not start on opening day. I mean, he wouldn't if it was a platoon. But Andrew Baggerly recently wrote in The Athletic that the Giants kind of planned on having a more stable outfield with, and I, I don't know if this was just guesswork by him or if he has solid information on this. It kind of was unclear when I read this, of uh, Luis Matos in left and... Jung-Hoo Lee in center, and then Yaz and Slater platooning in right. And so I like Matos. I think he didn't live up to expectations defensively in center, but he's so young and he showed like good plate discipline and, and contact ability. I think he got a bit unlucky. A lot of balls that he hit at good kind of angles in the air just got tracked down. Part of that I thought I think had to do with he wasn't quite strong enough to kind of drive those balls out of the ballpark or over the heads of the outfielders. But anyway, I think there's a decent chance that he does start on opening day. Um, when the Giants are looking to upgrade, I mean, I don't really see Bellinger happening because they got their center fielder in Jung-Hoo Lee, and then you're kind of putting Bellinger at a position where it's less valuable in left or something or first certainly. Um, so he, he should be paid like a center fielder. And if you put him in left, he should be paid a little less because it's not quite as important or valuable of a defensive position. 
So, uh, but it just depends on what they do. Like if they add a Jade or a Matt Chapman, what does that do to the DH situation? In my opinion, it kind of puts JD Davis into that DH situation, which keeps Conforto in the outfield. And then in that case, I would see Matos not starting on opening day, but cracking the opening day roster. I think, yes, that was not your question. That was not your question. But if he's on the roster, I mean, it's not like if you start the year platooning him, that that means that's all he's ever going to be. Certain players, that's how they view them. But a guy like Matos, as young as he is, I think they just are going to want to like kind of take care of him and give him good matchups so he can get confidence and and just you know you eventually get your opportunities against same-handed pitchers and then they see how you do in those situations and at bats and then that's how you kind of earn an everyday role so don't be don't be scared if 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 he starts out in a platoon if he does make that opening day roster doesn't mean that's like the track lifetime track just because it starts that way for such a young player All right, next question from Jack, who asks three questions. And those three questions are, do you enjoy the Giants brand of baseball? Are you happy with the direction of this team? And do I think ownership is committed to winning? As in, is it a priority? So I will answer that question and more in just a minute. And before we get into it, today's episode, yes, my friends, is brought to you by our our good friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl. To, to all who celebrate, the more the closer we get, the more nervous I am to talk about FanDuel and the Super Bowl. But um, FanDuel is America's number one sports book, by the way, and for a reason. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about best seat on the couch, really good snacks, and placing some super bets. Now, you know, the commercials are also a great part of it, but this year, I'm going to be According to FanDuel, 72 hours, 55 minutes from now, I'm going to be very nervous and getting ready for and kickoff is going to happen right then. Um, and right now when I'm looking at the odds here, I'm looking at the money line. Niners are favorite favorites at minus 130 and the spread at minus two and a half. And the over under set at 47 and a half. So you can bet on... You can bet on not only who will win Super Bowl 58, go Niners, but which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, as promised, more questions and answers. Uh, thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We are going to be uh, getting into the latest. Hopefully, we have some news for you. We've also got a, like a ton of mailbag questions still after today. And we've got ESPN's top 100 prospects list, seeing how I, I missed this one coming out. And I really like Kylie McDaniel, who makes that list. And so we'll look at some some prospects and how it differs from some other rankings and it differs significantly on certain players so that'll be fascinating next question though comes from jack like i said do i enjoy their brand of baseball certainly haven't enjoyed the last two seasons and somebody else there's a question that i've got in this 86 question mailbag 
uh, in my in this document um, is like there's a di- there's a difference between being a 500 team and being a boring 500 team, and I agree. Like I feel like the Reds were around 500 too when all was said and done, but they were way more entertaining with all the young talent that they had, um, and so. Do I enjoy their brand of baseball? No, I have not enjoyed it. And even in 2021, I've kind of commented on how, um, like there there was some truth to some people's complaints that it like it wasn't even as exciting as you would expect to win 107 games. Obviously, I enjoyed that season quite a bit. Didn't enjoy how it ended, but. The regular season, I should say, I enjoyed quite a bit. But no, they've played a bad brand of baseball the last two years, and hopefully things change. I think things are changing. And like I've said, they've they kind of brought in some upside guys, and they have a young, fascinating new center fielder in Jung-Hoo Lee. They've got a new manager. And so there's a lot going on here, and I wouldn't assume the last two years are going to look like 2024. Brent, like coaching staff is way different so number two are you happy with the direction of this team I I wouldn't say happy with the direction of this team but I think it's it's fine like I think that what they're doing is kind of the best that they could do with what because you're they're missing that top tier talent they need to draft and develop better so that is a problem but that that also takes a lot of time and it takes time to judge a regime like Kyle Harrison could turn into just like a super stud. And then you're like, you know, we're pra- singing the praises of this regime for drafting him, et cetera. And so um, otherwise they have like solid players everywhere, but just not enough impact players yet. They're out here trying to sign impact players. So that takes us to the third question that jack asks do you think ownership is committed to winning as in is it a priority i think it's kind of honestly to me that's kind of crazy to even ask i don't mean to it's not crazy to ask i think it's just of course like they're not out here willing to give shohei otani 700 million aaron judge 360 million carlos correa 350 million be just for fun you know like that they're willing to pay all that because they are definitely, in my opinion, committed to winning. Now, are they committed to winning at all costs? No. And that's, you know, there aren't many teams that are. If you look at, oh, the Dodgers do this and that. Well, look at how much money, how much more money the Dodgers take in uh, annually than the Giants. Their TV contract is just way, way more lucrative. They also bring in way more fans. But again, you got to spend money to make money so the Giants could bring in more fans if they put a better product on the field. But I think ownership is committed to winning, but also they're committed to quote-unquote breaking even. They don't want to be losing money on an annual basis on the team. Uh, and this is a cash flow thing. It's not really like a net worth thing or like a team valuation thing. It's about cash in, cash out. You know, like they don't, when they say break even, they mean we, we, we're we taking in this much money and that's what we're spending. They're not trying to turn a profit, which a lot of teams do. They're, so that's good at least, but it's bad that they're, I mean, I don't want to be losing money every year either. And it's a business at the end of the day. And so to break even as a business, it's not like the most horrible thing in the world, but I get it. I wish they were more 
all in, aggressive, you know. But at the same time, they they're out there trying to get some of these top guys. Let's see what happens the rest of this offseason. If they really just kind of keep it like status quo as is and they don't make more significant additions, then that's gonna make me answer this question differently. But there's a lot of guys still out there. Next question from Joey Action, who says, what grade do you give the Giants for this offseason? I give them 100% incomplete. The offseason isn't over. So any articles or any things that that grades the offseason, I'm sorry to say, but they're just looking for content because the offseason isn't over. So how can you grade? And it's not just not over because spring training hasn't started and it starts in a week pitchers and catchers literally report for the Giants in one week from today but it's incomplete because of the number of remaining free agents and also the the number of guys who uh, very well could be traded and and the fact that the Giants are not like signaling in any way that they're done whereas in the past like last year we had Farhan Zaidi starting to kind of talk like I want or like, I wish the focus could be on the players we did sign rather than the players we didn't sign. We're not hearing any of that. We're hearing the opposite. We're hearing Buster Posey, Greg Johnson saying things like, you know, there are a number of players we're still very interested in. And there's like, if they were to get a Chapman, Solaire, Snell, whatever, like that could completely change it. And so it, the grade is incomplete, 100%, in my opinion. Um, this is a tough one from Dylan, who says, what stat do you value most when evaluating pitchers? And like, I want to say, I want to be like super boring and say in a big sample it's ERA, you know, or just like runs allowed divided by innings pitched. But, um, you know, that's in a big sample. If you got, if you got a career, I'm looking at Clayton Kershaw's fan graphs page and he's thrown almost 3000 innings and, you know, ERA is 2.48 in his career. That's what stands out the most. But if I'm, if we're talking like non ERA, ERA, I don't value very much for a single season, let alone like a reliever's ERA. That's even less value. The smaller the sample, the less important a number like ERA is or predictive, I should say. So something that I really think is important is strikeout rate minus walk rate. It turns out to be one of the most predictive kind of indicators of success or failure strikeout rate minus walk rate and when i'm talking about strikeout rate i'm talking about percentage like clayton kershaw's career strikeout percentage is 27.6 percent he's struck out more than one out of every four batters he's faced in his major league career and his walk rate is a very small 6.3 percent so the strikeout rate minus the walk rate is 21.3%. And so if you look at the leaders in a given year or career in this category, strikeout rate minus walk rate, you're going to find, you know, at the, at the top, you're going to find the best pitchers in the game. And if you look at the bottom, you're going to find the worst. And so, you know, I, I like strikeout rate independently. I like walk rate independently, but when you just subtract the two, it turns out to be a pretty great stat slash metric as well anyway that is all the time we have for today thanks again for making locked on giants your first listen every day every day or tomorrow we've got more mailbag questions we've got espn's top 100 you're really not going to want to miss that one i I missed it and you're not going to want to miss my reaction to it because uh again key differences between some of the other top 100s that the 
you know, everydayers have heard us talk about on this show the last few weeks. Locked On, again, has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out. Find me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening today. You are now Locked on Giants.